I'm your host, Erin Groves, and this is where your positivity journey starts. Welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I am your host, Erin Groves, and I hope everyone had a fabulous weekend. I am back, and I preface this a little bit on my stories, with a very special guest. I truly believe in the power of manifestation, and she was someone I wrote down back in March of 2021 to be on the podcast, and here she is today. We have the CEO of Yat Media and the host of Young and Profity Podcast, Hala Taha. Say hello. Hi, Erin. I'm super excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. I like to briefly introduce guests, but I want to start it off with just giving the audience a little bit of background on who you are and where you came from as an East Coast native in New Jersey. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, sure. So I am from New Jersey. I'm Palestinian. I grew up in like a middle class town and got really my feet wet in this whole podcasting world because I took an internship in radio uh, when I was in college at Hot 97. And I ended up being the assistant to Angie Martinez and then started my podcasting journey several years later uh, with all that production and radio knowledge in my back pocket. One of my favorite parts of your entire story, and you're big on positivity, you're big on manifestation, you have a huge presence on LinkedIn, and you talk a lot about entrepreneurship, and that's something that happened around the same time as when you were at the radio station. You launched and did your own business, and one of your biggest takeaways was that that didn't work out. And you went into the corporate world, learned a little bit more, and now you're running a super successful business. So I wanted to start off this podcast by what was your biggest takeaway from that initial entrepreneurship venture not working out for you and then going into the corporate world and what you gained through that experience? Yeah, I love that question. So for those who don't know much about my story, I started this company slash website events business called The Sorority of Hip Hop, strawberryblunt.com when I was in my early 20s. And I you know, had just quit my radio job and I wanted to have this women empowerment platform. And we were super hot all over the tri-state hosting parties with DJ Camillo, Funkmaster Flex. If you're from New York, these are still like the hottest parties in the city. And we would get paid to just party and it was so much fun. And uh, you know, I got shouted out on the radio all the time and was like semi-famous in the tri-state, you know, never waited on a VIP line or anything like that. And so I loved it. It was so much fun, but we didn't make any money. Uh, And so I had to shut it down. Uh, I actually shut it down because we were supposed to get a show on MTV. And I thought, oh, finally, this is going to how I'm going to make it. I'm going to be like the next, you know, Snooki. And (laughs) then we didn't get the show. And I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm tired of being broke. And, you know, we might look like we've got a lot going on, but under it all, I had 50 mouths to feed and, and you know, wasn't even making 30 grand a year, right? And so really the big takeaway for me was when I went into corporate, I was like an animal. 
I nobody could touch me. I was so much better than everyone else because I had learned so much on the internet and I was so tech savvy and I was so good at social media and I had learned with no boundaries. Everybody who's in corporate has like all this institutional knowledge. And so it's like you only learn what you learn uh, that's like in the corporate world because I learned on the internet essentially. By the way, like I never went to class in college. And so like everything I learned was like on the internet and on my own. And I was really good at self learning. I realized that that experience that I got from Strawberry Blunt, building that website, building a team, all those leadership experiences, it put me like way ahead of the game. So when I got into corporate, I really thought I was going to be behind like, oh my gosh, all my peers have been working in corporate for four or five years. And here I am brand new in corporate taking an MBA internship. But I quickly like did leaps over them because I was known to be like really outgoing. And I was like an entrepreneur within the company. I became president of the Young Employee Network. I was the face of the young employees across HP, which at the time had 300,000 employees. And I was like the face of the young employees, like talking to the CEO and doing interviews with the CEO and just like became the superstar within the corporate uh, the corporation that I was working for, Hewlett Packard. And so for me, my biggest takeaway was like, oh, wow, like I didn't really make a lot of money, but I learned a lot and I gained a lot of skills. And I realized that skills are the basis of everything. If you can stack your skills, you can become enormously successful. So once I went to corporate, I learned like how to make money. I got my MBA. I learned more about like business and creating PowerPoints, which I had never done before. And now like I'm using all those skills and the skills that I had from previous in terms of my social media, my social skills and leadership skills. And I was able to create this really successful company that blew up. And I have over 60 employees now in just a year. So uh, it's been incredible. And no experience is ever wasted. I'll tell you that. It's one of my favorite things that I think podcasting in general gives us an avenue. And this is exactly why I started mine to help people just to understand that there's so many ways that you can be successful. And I think we're kind of taught to be in this box of like, hey, you have to do this, this way, this way, this way, or else you're not going to be successful. And it's people like you and I who have the entrepreneurial spirit that are like trying to tap into other ways. How can I do this differently to see if this works 10 times more and all these different things? And I know you went through your history a little bit fast. So I kind of want to take a step back because when you were working at Hewlett Packard, as well as Disney, Disney streaming services, correct? Mm -hmm. You launched Yap Media. My first question there is why Yap Media? What was it about the media business that that was calling on you to start that business specifically? I started that business because everybody around me was asking me to start that business. And I literally was just paying attention to the opportunity and demand around me. So I had started the podcast, Young and Profiting Podcast, completely as a hobby. I had a team of volunteers and I never thought we would make any money. I literally was just doing it to give back. I thought like, okay, I've got this amazing career. I'm going to become the CMO, the CEO. I was Every year, I would just keep getting promoted. And I, was, I had an amazing career. And so I never even thought about monetizing the podcast or creating anything on my own. I just thought, this is it. This is my life. Passion project podcast. Maybe I'll become a huge podcaster, but I'll always have my career to make money. That because because that's stable. And I had learned my lesson, like you know, <laughs> being a failed entrepreneur. So that's what I always for many for two years at least. That's what I thought. Then the people who came on my podcast 
would always ask me the same thing. I, I would wrap up the conversation. I'd be talking with these big authors, these celebrities, and they'd be like, Hala, I saw you're blowing up on LinkedIn. You know, who does your videos? And I'd be like, oh yeah, I do my videos. And you know, I've got these interns, I've trained them. And yeah, I just have a small team. And they would always ask me the same thing. And then one day, this lady, Heather Monahan, she's a really big influencer on I love her. LinkedIn. Yeah. And she was my my first client. She asked me if I could do her marketing on LinkedIn. And I was like, no, no, you know, I've got a busy career. My team is busy with my stuff. And then she's like, Hala, like, can we just hop on a call? Could you teach me how you do your videos and your images? And I was like, sure. So I walk her through all my backend stuff. I'm showing her all my folders. I show her our Slack group, our Canva templates, our video templates, headliner, all this kind of stuff that we do as podcasters. And she's like, Hala, I literally had a call with VaynerMedia two days ago. Your stuff is better. She's like, you have to start a marketing agency. Like, I want to be your first client. And I was like, okay, fine. So I was like, I'll do your videos. So she paid us like some like 600 bucks a month or something to do her videos. And then one thing led to another. And we took over all her social media channels and then all of her podcasts. And then I landed like, you know, a huge client who was like this billionaire of the fastest growing company in America. And that really set things on fire. That was like the gasoline that I was like, okay, like this is real and we can get like huge monthly retainers and I know how to do it. I'll just teach everything that my team does for me will do for our clients. And then now every time we look to start a new service or product, it's like, let's test it on Hala and Yap. If it works out, we'll sell it to our clients. And and so that's that's what's been going on. And it's all it was all about capitalizing on the demand and just doing what people wanted from me. People wanted social media services. People wanted production services. I knew how to do it. So I just put two and two together and started paying my team and, and hiring more people. That's so interesting. I did not know that about you. See, you learn something new every day. I figured because I know, and this is something you hear a lot, and I know it's something that you've talked about in a lot of your episodes. I was just listening to one of your episodes earlier too, talking about the importance of having passion behind the things that you do. And it's funny because you started your podcast with the exact same thought in mind as me. I started this podcast simply because it was something I enjoyed doing. It's something that when I get into the studio, it just lights me up. And when I talk about it, my friends and family members are like, we can just tell this is something that resonates with you so much. How important is it for people who are out there listening and maybe they're like you and I and they're sitting at a corporate job and it's not serving them exactly where they want to be? How important in your opinion, is it to have passion behind that entrepreneurial side or that thing that they're thinking about launching? Yeah. So I feel like not everybody is really cut out to be an entrepreneur. You really have to have that want. And not everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. You can be passionate passionate about your nine to five job and really love it. You could be a doctor mm-hmm. that really loves your job or a lawyer or even like in a marketing role at a corporation and, and still really love your job. But living a life in, with passion is just beautiful because when you do work, it doesn't feel like work. I literally have to force myself to go to sleep to stop working on all my stuff because I love what I'm doing. I love serving my clients. I love building my company. I launched a podcast network. And so that's now my big focus and passion. And so... You know, I I just feel like if you don't have passion in your life, you could just be drifting. You know, you might be going down a path in a career because you thought it was the right thing to do. You thought it was the right thing to go to law school. And even when you're drifting, this is a word that Gretchen Rubin came up with. She actually just came on my show. That's why it's top of mind for me. Drifting means like you did something because you thought it was the right thing to do. And you just keep taking action towards this thing, even though it's something you truly don't even care about. 
you don't like talking about it, right? You actually just do it. And once you don't have like, you know, you have no deliverables due, you stop doing it. You don't feel passion. And I just feel like work and life is so much better when you combine what you love doing with your career. And if you can find that balance, I feel like life is just so much more enjoyable. I was great at my corporate job. I was thriving in corporate, but all I kept thinking about was my podcast and my team and my marketing agency. And I had to make that decision and decide, you know what? I want to be happy for the rest of my life. I don't just care about a paycheck. I want life to be fulfilling. So even if this is a harder, more rocky road, and you know, I don't have that consistency of a paycheck and a corporation to fall behind, I'm down to take that journey. I love that. And you see people all the time of, I'm not happy, but I don't know what to do. And not doing anything is not solving the problem. You're remaining exactly the same. And you're someone that clearly has very much of a hustler, put one foot in front of the other, take the next step type of mindset. You mentioned something about entrepreneurs and how you don't believe that everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. And I think that's something I couldn't agree with more. From your perspective, what are characteristics and things that you see in the younger generation of or things that you look for in entrepreneurs that you think maybe is a misconception, maybe you think a lot of people think this is what they need, but in reality, that's not necessarily something that you feel makes you successful as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I think entrepreneurs should really be self-starters. There's a lot of people out there that really need like accountability to get work done. As an entrepreneur, if you want to be successful, you need to be like a self-starter that holds yourself accountable for achieving goals. And sometimes people really fail when they don't have a boss that's telling them what to do. You need to be able to come up with your next steps to really see the future, to be a visionary. You need to be able to train a team to be a leader because most businesses you can't just do on your own. And so you also need to be able to communicate with others and lead and manage others effectively. So I feel like if you don't have the vision, if you're not a self-starter, and you can't lead a team, you shouldn't be an entrepreneur and you're better off you know, working for somebody else and could still really be happy that way. But uh, I, I just think those are the qualities that you need. I love that. Those are, you don't hear a lot about people leading. Like that's not something that I've, I mean, I've inter- interviewed countless amount of entrepreneurs. They're all very self-starters. They don't like to wait for things. They don't like to be told to do. You always see all these different qualities and leadership is something that's hard. Do you feel that your time in the corporate world helped you make your now endeavor a lot more successful outside of age? I know age probably had a lot to do with why the first business wasn't as successful. Do you think that's something that came with time or do you feel that the corporate world helped you lead a team a lot better now? So I actually think it was my extracurricular activities that helped me lead better. So for example, the whole sorority of hip hop in and out, I probably had 150 girls. So that gave me a ton of exposure in terms of how to train people, right? How to deal with different personalities, how to deal with conflict, how to be a good leader, how to lead by example, how to communicate, how to get everybody on the same page towards the same goals and motivate people. So that gave me so much experience. And then I was the president of the Young Employee Network at HP and the Global Young Employee Network eventually. So that gave me more leadership experience. I was president of my alumni association for my college, and that gave me more leadership experience. So it was all these little opportunities that I took because as a young person, 
in the corporate world, you didn't get that many opportunities to lead. And then I I did like project management roles and things like that, that gave me a lot of uh, expertise as well. But I would say it was all the other things and it was getting involved and keeping myself busy that helped me be a better manager and a leader. I love that. Putting your, I, I think one of the most important things that I've learned in my young career, I mean, I'm only 25, so I don't want to you know, act like I have a 10, 20 years of experience, but it just comes with time and comes with doing. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people, and this is something that I even, you know, catch myself. And when I listen to people like you, and when I listen to entrepreneurs, you can just tell how much they've grown just by going out there and doing it, by launching something, if it doesn't work and not getting discouraged, which kind of leads me down my next track. Your mindset and the things you talk about on LinkedIn every day are inspiring. They're very optimistic. They're very positive. That's what my podcast is all about. How important is it when you're in entrepreneurship or just in general in life, is it to keep a positive mindset and not let those failures like your initial business not working? Or I know for you, you lost your father the same year that you launched your business. How important is it for people out there listening to stay positive when you're going through the biggest valleys? I think that is such an important point. So one of the things that I do at the end of my show is I ask all my guests the same question. What is your secret to profiting in life? And this year, I decided to go through all those responses and come out with the main themes that everybody said. And so many people said that you can't get stuck in the highs and the lows. And when you're going towards a goal, you need to enjoy the journey. And I couldn't agree with this more. Like You cannot get too excited when things go well. So for example, I got on the cover of Podcast Magazine. I launched a company. I made, you know, $2.5 million in my first year. And like everything's going great, but you can't get too cocky when things are going great. But then at the same point, I lost a client, you know, good employees left. You can't get depressed and, and like stop moving when those things happen. So it's really important as a leader and an entrepreneur to keep an even like keel to everything that you do, uh, to be balanced and to not get too excited when things are growing great and to keep your eye on the prize and not get too cocky and let down. And then also not get devastated when things go wrong because that's all part of the journey. Even failures are lessons towards your success and you can learn from your failures. So there's no there's really no such thing as failures. And if you failed, you actually had the opportunity to try something new. And that's a good sign that you're doing the right thing. So for me, I feel like staying positive is key. And I feel like one of the reasons why I have been so successful is because I really am good at getting back up on the horse because I have failed so many times. And I have had that personality where I just try and try and try. And I've been kicked in the face so many times on this journey that like you can't kick me in the face. Like I'm still going to come back up, you know? So uh, I'm all for it. And I love being positive because I feel like that's the way that you really get ahead. You just can't skip a beat. I love that. And the journey, this is something that I'm working on. I set an intention at the beginning of every year and this year it was abundance. And in that, I wanted to just frame my mindset and 
every day I write things that I'm grateful for, but I think it's easy to get caught up naturally, especially when you're so driven and you're that you have that next goal. It's easy to get lost and get so attached to an outcome that you lose sight of every step along the way. Mm -hmm. And I've even noticed in myself that when I get to say that goal or I got the guest that I wanted or whatever it was, it's such a high, but it's so temporary that if I'm not enjoying those little moments, it's like, what am I really, you're just living for that next big moment and then you're on to the next one. So I've noticed that about myself, which I think it's not easy by any means. And I don't know if I necessarily have the best advice, but I love that you said that there of just enjoying the journey. Is there anything in your day to day? We talk a lot about mindfulness and stuff like that, that you make an emphasis or a point to do to ensure that you're enjoying that journey along the way. Well, I, I take, um, time to celebrate small wins. I really try to make sure that whether it's my team or myself, if something good happens, let's celebrate it. Because the more that we celebrate these small wins, the more that we'll be motivated and the whole team will be motivated. And so I love to take time to celebrate even the littlest things that you wouldn't often celebrate because I feel like that just like elevates everyone's positivity and makes a more productive team. I love that. And it's easy I noticed myself too. I One of the guys that I work with, he always tells us, don't get too high, don't get too low. He's like, you need to fly in the middle. You need to stay consistent. And it's something that rings in my brain all the time. And I notice myself when something good happens that I don't always celebrate that because I'm like, okay, I got to stay in the middle. I don't want to get too excited. I think it's more putting an emphasis on like, okay, don't stay super high and don't let it get to your ego. It's just celebrate mm-hmm. and come right back down to the middle line, um, which I love. Yeah. And celebrating those small wins really keeps up the motivation. What people don't realize is that motivation isn't something that comes from the air. You know what I mean? Motivation isn't something that you get first. You have to take action first, and then you get more motivation when you do something successfully right and you do those right things over and over again. Then you just keep growing and growing your motivation. So it's like you have to take action first, and then you get motivation. And that's called the motivation like feedback loop. And so I think a lot of people get this wrong, especially people who are not self starters. You actually need to take action first. And then if something goes well, celebrate that small win. So you get more motivation and you're more motivated to take more action and keep continuing towards your goals. A lot of discipline. I think a lot of people feel that when they look at successful people or they look at people and be like, well, she just wakes up every day and she just wants to do this every day. Well, that may be the case. I'm sure I'm not going to speak for you, but there's days that maybe you're not as motivated, but it's recognizing, hey, I set out to do this. I have a job to do. Although it's Tuesday and I might not have the most energy in the world, I'm still waking up. I'm still being consistent. I'm still doing all of those things and making those promises to myself that I set out to do. Mm-hmm. 100%. So as we kind of begin to move on, I think we talk a lot about, and I ask almost every single one of my guests about fear. And I mentioned it briefly earlier. I know you lost your dad the same year that you launched a podcast. I could only imagine and I want to focus on the positive here. What did you learn about yourself and what did you learn about the way you run a business and the way you lead during a time like that? And how do you feel that's changed your vision, if at all, since that period in your life? Yeah. So I actually, I had the podcast before my dad passed away. So luckily he did get to see like 
that my podcast was growing and, um, you know, so that's a blessing. I started the marketing agency while my dad was in the hospital. So he actually has no idea, like, cause he passed away that I have this company now, but I'm sure he's looking down on me. But in terms of like how I dealt with that, which it, by the way, like it was not only like my dad dying, it was like a very traumatic way to die. Like he basically got COVID. He was in the hospital for two months. We weren't allowed to see him. It was super traumatic. And so I deal with all my failures in the same way. Always. I always come up with this like new shiny object to focus on. And so in this case, it was the marketing agency. And that's what pulled me out of any sort of depression. Instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, like, why did this happen to me? And what a big setback. And for me, I'm so young to lose my father and the world is so unfair. And instead of wallowing in all of those thoughts, I was like, well, my dad did everything for me to be like, he, you know, was an immigrant and came from nothing and built this beautiful life for us. My dad wants me to be successful and there's this huge opportunity and Heather Monahan wants me to (laughs) do her marketing. So why don't I go and focus on that? And so I literally was building this company while he was in the hospital and I would be singing to him on Zoom and trying to cheer him up while at the same time working on my company and working full-time at Disney and just trying to manage it all. And I just focused all that negative energy into something new. And that's what I always do. Every single huge success I've ever had has come off the heels of failure and has be, it came about because it was like I was in a rut or something bad happened. And I was like, I need to channel my energy into something new. That That's why I started the podcast. Um, I was telling you guys about how I was president of the Young Employee Network. I was supposed to be president of the Global Young Employee Network at Hewlett Packard. And I didn't get it, even though I was the one who deserved it. And that's why I started the podcast. Because I was like, screw this. Uh, Like, If HP doesn't want me to be the president of this club, then I'm just going to do my own thing. And I started my podcast, right? And I became obsessed with that. So thank God they told me no. And, And I always thank God for all the no's that I've gotten. Because literally, MTV told me no. That's why I got my MBA. Like... Um, you know, I could go on and on. Disney streaming services didn't promote me fast enough. That's why I started the agency. And so it's like all the failures or rejections have always amounted to something positive in the end because I don't wallow in the failure. I don't think woe is me. I think about, well, I can do whatever I want if I put my mind to it. My focus and my energy are worth so much. Let me focus my energy on something positive that's going to bring me closer to what I truly want. And and that's really what I do. I love that. And that's my absolute favorite quote of yours is that your successes have come after failures. I think it's another huge misconception that a lot of people think that these successes just happen. Like, oh, this the number of times I hear this person got lucky. And I I do think that there's a lot of timing that goes into things, but I it's those failures that you don't always talk about. Not a lot of people want to talk about failures. I think you being transparent in that of saying, hey, this happened, but then I launched this big thing. It's like you have to have those steps in the road and those bumps and those valleys to have that hill that comes right after. And my story is very similar. I launched this podcast during COVID. I was miserable in my job. I had no idea. I knew I was good at interviewing people. My mom was like, you need to go become a TV host. You need to go do something like that. And here we are. And it's just crazy because so many people 
they don't think about those things. They're like, oh, she just did this and got lucky and now it's super successful when in reality, it's like you didn't know what she went through, which is why I love podcasting because it gives you the opportunity to hear someone's story and focus on the journey of how they got there instead of focusing on that final destination. And you made the transition in 2020 completely away from the corporate world into full-time Yap Media, young and profiting, young and profiting podcast. How and when did you know that that transition, it was time to make that transition? Was it a gut feeling? I know you're a spiritual person or was it, it's the, was it money? What exactly was it that you knew it was time to exit? Well, by the time I left Disney Streaming Services, I had 35 employees all around the world working for the podcast and for my agency. And I had like major clients. I was doing marketing for the CEO of Hint Water, Kara Golden. I was doing all of Jason Waller's stuff, who's like this big billionaire. And I just felt like the opportunity was so huge outside of what I was doing at Disney that I was like, you know what? Like I'm missing the boat here. And it seems like this is my time to shine. The real nail in the coffin was when I knew I was going to be on the cover of Podcast Magazine. And I remember I, I quit my job February 1st and I was already on the cover of Podcast Magazine. And so everybody at work was like, oh my gosh, like you're on the cover of Podcast Magazine. And I was thinking like, why the hell am I still working here? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was just like, I just realized like, wow, like I am too big for this. Not only that, I was the most popular person on LinkedIn even more popular than the CEO at Disney. I'm like, I'm literally more popular than the CEO at Disney on LinkedIn. And I was like, that's another signal. Like I'm too big for this cage, you know? And so I decided that I, I could, I, it's just time for me to spread my wings and to go on my separate ways. And I remember everybody at Disney was sad and they were like, you could come back if it doesn't work out. And I was like thinking in my head, I, this is like, there's no risk at all. I've built this business. I can pay myself more than I'm getting paid here. I hadn't given myself a check for for months knowing that I was going to quit my job. And I was like, I've I'm good to go, you know, and and I just went off my way. And now we've doubled the size of our team in less than a year and we've got like 20 major clients. And so it was the right move. I love that. You hear a lot when people are making that transition and nine out of 10 people make that transition very cautiously. They're, I've been saving up. I had one guy on and he was like, I met with my accountant probably 10 times before I left my corporate mm -hmm. job. But I love that question because I think there can be hesitation of, is it time to go? And you, a lot of times it has to do with fear of, what if I make this and it doesn't work out? But you've grown two times well, since you've left. You want to know yeah. And you want to know something funny? I had no hesitation, but the people in my life were really scared for me. Like my boyfriend was like, I don't think you should do this. Like you're ruining your life. You're throwing it away. Even my mom was like, are you sure? Like you've got this stable career and you, because people would die. A lot of people would really kill for like an executive job at Disney streaming services. So people in my life were actually thinking, oh my gosh, you're ungrateful. For, for everything that you have. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is still, this is my path. This is not your path. I know what's inside of me. You don't know what's inside of me. And so I decided to just trust my gut and know that this was my path. And this is what I was meant to do and not listen to the people around me. Even if they loved me and had good intentions, it wasn't the right advice. I want to take that a step further. How do you navigate leaving something when the people closest to you 
aren't on the same page as you that I that's not something I've crossed but I'm sure there's people out there listening to this right now that maybe that's exactly what they're dealing with what advice would you give to someone navigating that in close personal relationships whether it's a significant other a parent a sibling whatever that may be well I actually ended up breaking up with my boyfriend because you he tell was so against, yeah he was so against me quitting my job and I was like listen I'm killing myself working 18 hours a day I've got 35 people working for me like I I'm trusting my gut like goodbye you know uh we're working out uh, we're working things out now so I still love him but I did break up with him and just like I need to leave and and quit my job and go on my way and follow my dreams you know and so sometimes you got to just do what you have to do and 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 break that off if it's something like your mother or your father like maybe just distance yourself for a while and once you show that you know what you're doing people will get off your back as soon as my mom and my like you know saw that there was consistent money and everything was going fine. She was like my biggest cheerleader. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's sometimes you just have to give your distance, whatever that may be. And you are the person who's in control of your life. If you let other people dictate your life, you're no longer in control and you have nobody to blame but yourself because you can make your own decisions. And if somebody is trying to control you, try to just walk away. And, and uh, you know, things will, if things are meant to work out, they'll work out later on. Wow. I love that. I, it's something I've heard many times and I've had friends that wanted to make a switch and someone wasn't aligned with it. And I'm quick to say, this is what I'm doing. Probably similar to you of like, it's not really a question. It's more of like a statement of like, hey, I'm launching this podcast or hey, I'm doing this. I'm not in a serious relationship, but I always find it intriguing to see how he people handle that because I know for me, the people closest to me have kept me going when things are challenging and they're supporting me and they're always inspiring as well or they're sending me people that they would love to hear on the podcast. So I just find that so interesting and it, it kind of comes back to fear when it's things that are unknown, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and they, your parents don't know, they think corporate job benefits all of the mm -hmm. the standard things that every other person out there is thinking and one of my favorite questions to ask guests is is fear and how to navigate fear i think we touched on it a little bit with just positive thinking is there anything else in your opinion that has worked with you or advice that you would give for people who are either scared to take that next step or just going through an unknown period in their life right now yeah i think the the answer to fear is to learn more. I think people are scared when they don't know enough about a topic. And the more you can learn about something, the less scary it gets. So if you're trying to embark on something new and you're scared about giving it a shot, it means that you kind of need to learn more. Like you don't know the field enough. You don't know your next steps, it seems. You might need to read more, watch more YouTube videos, whatever it is, and really get your skills up. Once your skills are up, you'll have the confidence to kind of tackle anything. And so if I'm afraid of something, it's usually a sign that I need to learn something. And, and there's something that I don't know enough about. And I need to take the time to gain those skills and learn that knowledge so that I won't be afraid of whatever I'm afraid of. So for example, if I'm afraid of public skills, speaking, for example, let's say I was afraid of getting on stage and that terrified me. Well, that means that you probably need to learn more about it. You need to learn more techniques. You need to practice. You need to get in your reps. And I think that's really what it's all about. Growth is always going to be scary. Growth is always going to be uncomfortable. It's all about putting in those reps, learning something new, and then getting more confidence so that you're not so scared the next time around. I love that. 
there's so many different types of fear and you hear people cope with it in different ways and you hear different motivational speakers and different leaders deal with it. And I think whether you're an athlete, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're sitting at your corporate job and you're like, what's next? I think there's so many different ways that you can handle it. And it's all come. It's when you don't know what's next. You know, it's like fear of this next step because I don't know what the outcome is. And we kind of just touch on it with like control what you can control. If you focus on everything that you know to be true, and if you're putting in the action and you're putting in the work, sometimes the unknown happens to be a lot better. I know for me personally, things always work out how they should. And if you just trust that path and really know yourself and trust in your judgment, I think there's always good things to come. Totally, totally, Aaron. You're speaking the truth. (laughs) As we begin to wrap up this podcast, one of, I still remember the day that I listened to you and the first episode that you were on. And that's when I wrote it down about a year ago that I wanted you on my podcast and you talk about manifestation. And I still remember you said that you manifested 100,000 downloads. And the way you did it was networking. You did it in a lot of different ways. I think manifestation is a newer topic. So I wanted to wrap up this podcast just talking about how important is it, in your opinion, for people to visualize, whether it's manifestation, whether it's writing things down to really have that vision and that goal and then get after it. Oh my gosh, it is so important. If you don't take the time to actually clearly think about what you want, you could be taking a lot of action and doing a lot of things, but actually making no progress towards your goals. So one of the new things that I'm starting is a podcast network. And I'm so excited. It's like my 22, my 2022 like big goal is that I'm starting this podcast network and I'm already starting to recruit podcasters. And I was building this network before I even knew I was building this network. Because years ago, when somebody would ask me, what's your end goal with Young, Young and Profiting Podcast? I'd always be like, well, I want to actually have a podcast network and monetize all these shows and bring them onto my network. And, and that's what I would always say. And this year, I've been building this podcast network without even realizing it. I just thought I was working on my marketing agency, but I was learning how to monetize my podcast. And I built an operations team and I made all these contacts with all these ad agencies. And I started building my network of different podcasters. And I have a WhatsApp group with 60 podcasters and all these different things. And then I realized you know, when something bad happened the other day, um, I lost a, a big client. She didn't pay me for three months. Huge client. And she basically went bankrupt. And it was devastating because I've been footing her bill for months, right? Mm-hmm. And I took... It's okay. I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> but, like, but so I took that negative energy yeah. and I was just like, well, now I have all this free time because I don't have this like, you know, really... Uh, time-consuming client anymore. And I'm going to focus it all on this podcast network. And I realized I had put all the pieces in place. And literally, I launched my podcast network in like a week because I had manifested this all. And without even realizing it, I had been building this network the whole time because I would always... I always knew that was my end goal in the back of my head because I had set it from way long ago. And the marketing agency almost was just like a path for me to actually start this network. Like the network is actually my destiny. And so I just, it's it's just like incredible. Like I think about it and I'm like, holy crap, like all these things that I did actually was to prepare me for this. 
That's why I did all this work. And so in terms of the manifesting, it's like you have to know what your goals are. If you don't know what your goals are, you're never going to get anywhere. Writing them down makes it that much more powerful. Knowing exactly what you want, speaking it out into existence, saying it over and over again, saying it as if you already have it. You know, my podcast network is literally going to be the biggest network in the world, you know, and I know this and I feel it and I believe it. And I think it's all about really believing in yourself and really believing in your goal. And like I said, saying it out loud and writing it down and making it known, that's going to help you have accountability, not only with yourself, but with whoever you told it to. And you're going to work towards those goals. And subconsciously, you're going to work towards those goals. That's what I was trying to share with the network stories that like literally subconsciously, I built this network over, over years. But then when I actually realized that the opportunity was now, it took me so little to actually put it all together because all the puzzle pieces were there. It was just a matter of me being like, oh, it's the time. Now is the time. After this failure that I had actually opened up the time for me to realize that now was the time. And this is why this failure happened because every no is your next like door to a yes, you know? And, th- and that's what I've learned in my whole journey. I love that. And, It's funny you hear often and I know you mentioned before that you always thought you were being the media and then the whole MTV and like you knew that this was something that you wanted to go after. So it's always funny when you look back on it, you're like 12 year old me kind of knew I was going to do this. And for all my sports fans out there listening, I know I have um, a good amount of male listeners Stetson Bennett last night at the national championship game said when he was three, he told his dad, I'm going to be the quarterback at Georgia. And he was a third string walk on and just won the national championship. And it's crazy because you hear those stories time and time and time again. And I know that's just one example of a million, but it's crazy that when you put these things out into the universe, the timing isn't tomorrow. The timing's usually a year, two, five, 10 years down the road. But it's just thinking about like, what if this happened? And when you get there, you're going to look back and be like, everything, all those no's were leading me to this yes. And I had to get all those kinks out along the way. I love that. Tell us a little bit more um, and pimp yourself out a little bit about the podcast network and what exactly that entails. This is selfishly for me just to learn more about it. Of course. So basically, I'm recruiting podcasts to my network that might be getting a lot of downloads, but they don't know how to monetize. And so what I'll do is grow their show by promoting their shows on other shows on the network, and then also monetize their show because I've built all the processes and relationships needed to do that. Um, Also, because I built this production and marketing agency, I'm very differentiated in the market because not only do I have the podcast network stuff down, I have a whole promotion arm, which nobody else has. And so that's why I saw this as like a huge opportunity because I can really stand out right now. And to be honest, there's a lot of podcasters who get downloads who have no idea how to monetize their show and they really need help. Not everybody is a podcast princess. A lot of people have podcasts, but they don't know much about the industry. They're just great hosts. I feel like I was destined to be this person that helps other podcasters really monetize and grow their show. But you have a talent for leadership and it's just pairing that with your ability to start a business, with your ability to network. It's when you take all of those things that you know you're good at and you're like, okay, how can I wrap a bow tie around this with the thing that I'm most passionate about and the thing that I've been doing for the last four years? So when you think about it, I mean, it makes total sense. I love that. That's so interesting. So is it going to be similar to like a Dear Media or is that separate? 
So I have two models. One is exclusive and one is non-exclusive. Okay. So there's a certain podcast that I've personally grown. I've basically created their shows from scratch. I help them script their shows. Question, not me personally, my team. Okay. Uh, we audio edit. We do all like the grunt work for the show. We get their guests, all of that kind of stuff. Okay. So that's an exclusive partnership and we take like a bigger cut. Then now I'm recruiting independent podcasters to join my network where we'll help them monetize and take a rev share and then also help them grow their show. So it's giving an, the ability for independent podcasters that probably would get looked over by some of these bigger networks mm-hmm. because they don't have enough downloads. And actually, I'm doing something really innovative where I'm going to team them all together. So I'll go to the brands. I've got Young and Profiting Podcasts and all my exclusive podcasts are completely sold out. I've got a list of hundreds of brands. And literally, we don't have enough inventory to fill up their commercial demands that they want. And so that's why I was like, oh my gosh, now is the time because I literally don't have enough episodes or inventory to fill all this demand. And like the pipeline is crazy. So how can I get more inventory? The answer was recruiting more exclusive podcasts and recruiting non-exclusive podcasts that are independent podcasters. And like I said, the, the innovative thing that I'm doing is that I'm bundling these podcasters together. So let's say uh, a brand wants 100,000 downloads. I'll get five podcasters. I get 20,000 downloads an episode and I'll bundle them all together and we'll sell it that way. And that way, these middle tier podcasters that aren't getting any love can start to monetize their shows because there is money to be made and advertising and podcasting is so hot right now. So I really feel like I, I kind of know what's missing in the in the industry and I'm trying to just fill that gap. Thank you, Hala, for being on this podcast. This was amazing. And I'm sure my listeners are going to love you and will request a second episode. They do that often with a lot of my guests. So as we wrap up this podcast, is there any last tidbits of information or any other advice that you want to leave my audience with today before we go into the final question? I would say don't let the gatekeepers tell you no. That's I. That's a common piece of advice that I always... Uh, give because I think a lot of people are waiting for someone to kind of tell them that they can proceed and give them permission and open that door, whether that's a job. If I had just waited for radio stations or something to give me a job, I would be nowhere. Nobody wanted me to be a star. Nobody wanted me to be a star. I did this on my own. Everybody told me no. Literally everyone told me no. I, I was always like almost famous. You know what I mean? Everybody told me no. And I decided that, hey, this is something that I need to do on my own. And I'm not going to let a gatekeeper tell me that I'm not going to be able to you know, accomplish my destiny. So like, don't let the gatekeepers tell you no. If you really want to do something, do it on your own. Find your own path because you can do it on your own with a great team, but lead it on your own and don't just wait for somebody to give you permission. No is never no. No is just not right now. That's one thing I tell myself. I cold call for a living. So I get no all the time. And it's every no now is a yes in three months or two months. You just got to keep going. And I absolutely love that. Don't let the gatekeepers tell you no. And the final question, which is my favorite question is, Hala, what are you grateful for today? Oh my gosh. What am I grateful for? I'm really grateful for my team because I have 60 people, over 60 people who work at Yap Media and they're very enthusiastic and very energetic and they help me accomplish my goals. And I'm just really thankful that I have a team of people who feel motivated uh, towards the vision that I've created. And I just feel like I couldn't have done this on my own. And I'm thankful from 
three and a half years ago, when I first had my volunteers, I had 10 volunteers who literally worked for free for years, um, just helping me grow the show because they just believed in me. Many of them still on the team, like quit their own jobs. And it's just so beautiful, you know, just to have a team that supports me. And I just feel like with them, we can accomplish anything. I love that. And I am grateful for this podcast, new relationships, and each and every one of you that tune in every week. Thank you all for listening. And thank you, Hala, so much for being on this podcast. And we will talk to you all next week. Thank you. Thank you.